Let's talk about legacies. Let's talk about new TV. Let's talk about all the spoilers we can't say in front of Jill D. Let's talk legacies. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Empire Diaries. We knew the risk, but we had to podcast about the spinoff legacies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to believe. <laughs> you got to. I'm one of your hosts, Morgan Ludich. And I am one of your hosts, LaToya Ferguson. And we are joined today by special boy guest and Landon Kirby Stan. Oh, oh it's it's Michael Chasen. It's the, the guy who's been on the podcast sometimes. Hi. So this is a new thing we're doing, whether you are hearing us from the Patreon feed or the main feed, because we will be dropping this first Legacies episode into the main feed, just so you guys can see what's going to be going on behind the scenes. Um, we are going to be covering Legacies this year, which I'm super excited about because I love Legacies. And um, we are going to be a spoiler-full podcast. That is what uh, is going to be very different about Legacies coverage. Spoilers. <laughs> I am so excited to say spoilers. And Jill can't listen to any of it. So, Jill, if you're listening to this or if you are a Jill listening to this, meaning that you have not watched The Vampire Diaries and or the originals and therefore are worried about spoilers, you should turn this off. Turn this off, please. Turn it off because we're going to say spoiler stuff in three, two, one. Latoya, go. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe that both Hope's father and mother died in the final season of the originals. (laughs) and welcome to behind the spoiler curtain um so we are talking about season three episode one of legacies what is the name of this episode i did not look we're not worthy we're not worthy oh how cute i thought they might have called it hero move or something given that they said that term a lot which i found was really cool this episode thematically felt a lot like you know what 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 would this be of the vampire diaries season 11 it did feel like the the culmination of all of the let these teens die nonsense <laughs> about them making an episode about maybe it's not good to let teens die even little pedro is almost like let me die and then he, he thinks better of it i love pedro pedro has a good head on his shoulders and we must stand he didn't want to finger paint which fair no, from what I understand, this was like a uh, a normal season three premiere because nothing apocalyptic affected TV production the world over. Oh, nice transition, Michael. Very, very true. Very true. So we should talk about um, season two of Legacies, which was very wild, zany fun, burning through plot quite a bit, uh, like some other shows we might know. Kind of had to end very abruptly. In season two, its final episode, which was like the fairy tale episode, co-written by my very good friend Sylvia, who is wonderful and is the best in the biz and we love her. It ended maybe not where the season was planned to end. And now we are picking up here. And LaToya just told me that they tweeted about this actually basically being the 17th episode of season two of Legacies, but now repurposed to be 301, which I think you can kind of feel, right? Would you agree, LaToya? Yeah, it doesn't have, uh, you know, I mean, it kind of has, and we're back vibes, but it, maybe not uh, the epic kind of want. There's no Elena's birthday. There's no Alaric drinking with children. There's barely any Alaric, too, also. There's barely any hope, barely any Alaric, really. 
which is not what you would expect from a season premiere unless there were reasons. And with the Lark, there's no reason besides, you know, Matt Davis exists. <laughs> Doesn't he just? Um, yeah. Also, I found we'll talk about it later, but I was like, where is Alaric mentally, emotionally right now? But, but I will also admit that when I watched the previouslys for this episode, I was like, shit, what happened last year? <laughs> I will say the previously had me like thinking the the black magic stuff in season two was kind of not the best stuff. And I think part of it is that you want to create a new mythology for the Gemini coven stuff, but like you don't really need to. They have, they have pretty good mythology, but they kind of are ex- making it go faster because they're clearly like, how, how old do they have to be? Like 21 is like when the merge is supposed to happen. Yeah, so they're dealing with all happens. that stuff, but they're like doing it faster. Yeah. And, and I will say like, I, I also felt like I, I really liked parts of the like kind of dark Josie storyline and I'm excited for us to like revisit it in detail with Jill when we do that but I, I it also felt like something where I was like I- I'm interested to see where this ends and where this lands and I feel like this season getting cut off where it did kind of prevented it from really landing and now mm-hmm. it feels like I-, I couldn't help but feel like maybe we were like skipping over more of an end point um like in this episode, like I was like, okay, so now she's just like back and trying to find her new place in this order now that she's done a bunch of evil shit. But this also could be my memory failing me, which, uh, you know, like quarantine has turned my brain to yeah. soup. So, yeah, it, it does feel weird just because like we're not done with the season two episodes yet. Like, I guess this is a spoiler for this show but not really because it's just casting like poor Alyssa Chang she's not making it out of the season alive because congratulations to Olivia Liang for being the star of Kung Fu but like she's not making it out of the season alive oh R.I.P. um but Alyssa is very fun I was excited to see her I love Alyssa. maybe she could like go to Europe with Caroline or whatever but like <laughs> let's not <laughs> put, send out someone else off to Europe with Caroline because people get angry but for in this case it's uh because Kung Fu she is the star so, <laughs> I mean, I think we all want to be in Europe with Caroline, though, don't we? It depends on what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. Caroline, Caroline, come back, baby. I'm like, wherever Rebecca and Marcel are, that's actually where I want to be. Oh, my God. Yes. Look, if Caroline is just like living her best life as Caroline and Marcel's third, then I don't want to bother Rebecca her. And Marcel's third, oh, as Rebecca, opposed to Caroline and Marcel's third. Yeah, Rebecca and Marcel's third. Uh, Caroline Forbes. Look, if that's what she's doing... More power to her. I'm deeply jealous. But, um, you know, maybe come back and see your children. <laughs> I'm just, like, imagining Hope, like, not h- hanging out with her family. Like, one part one part of her family's in a thruple. The other's, like, in a lesbian relationship. Like, in, in, in Nola, baby. It's it's good. I mean, the, the living members of her family, obviously. Uh, of which there are few. <laughs> I think Cole's alive again, if I remember correctly. Ooh. I think he got a happy ending with Davina. I think so. Oh, oh, okay. Because I saw I saw this stuff where he's the kid from Teen Wolf, and mm-hmm. he and Davina. Daniel Sharman. It's like okay, I get it now. Yeah, he's so he's so cute and charming, and I was really enjoy. I was like, oh, this is such an improvement. But yeah, I do remember he and Davina having a thing. So that like continues. Cute. It is. A, it becomes a whole thing when like he gets his body back, and he's like, Davina, it's me. And she's like, who the fuck are you? And she has to like be like, do I want this version of Cole? Imagine's truly signing up for Daniel Sharman and then arriving at. <laughs> Ooh. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. I'm glad we find a way to clown on Cole even in this. 
We'll always find a way, but we should probably dive into our episode. So we we jump in, and this episode is the episode where Hope is very sleepy. Hope is sleepy. We don't get to go into her psyche. That sucks. The lack of hope. I mean, they had to learn how to be heroes without hope, I suppose. Which I like, and also as kind of a, like this now point where they have to reset. I do like that it's like, okay, we're just going to have Hope completely off the board while everyone else gets into position and then we will just launch her into a new status quo and move into this season. Like that, I thought, is smart and does kind of help for this episode's kind of repurpose. And they also, just in general, from like a mythology standpoint in the show, they have to find a way to take her off the board or depower her because hope is such an extremely strong character like that they show that in the originals they show that here like they have to find ways like last season it was no one remembers who she is so you know they have to figure out ways to not have because she should be the solution for everything because she is you know she's a tribrid uh she's the baddest bitch around and i am obsessed with her i truly last season when people did not remember who she was i was like crying in every scene it was especially the scene where alaric um any scene she had with alaric where she was basically being like yeah um in uh, my old world i have this like dad figure that um you know helps me and shit and and alaric's like oh it sounds like a cool guy <laughs> what do you think alaric thinks about the fact that you know hopes his daughter figure and one time her dad took over his body <laughs> I, I think may probably makes him feel closer to her <laughs> i just like imagine alaric being like okay i i have to get into klaus's psyche <laughs> we just try to remember what it was like <laughs> remember uh-huh. the feeling of wanting to kill dana and chad <laughs> oh, r.i.p uh, but also you know hope is very much her her, her mother's daughter like Klaus was a bad dad, sorry. He tried, but he was still a bad dad. Having not seen all the originals, this is shocking to me to learn that Klaus is bad at being a father. Michael, can you believe this? That's crazy, because he had such like a strong relationship with his own father to build on and always seemed like, you know, he kind of had that head on his shoulders. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> See, Klaus's bad dad thing wasn't uh, the whole, you know being abusive and calling Hope boy, because that'd be very weird if he called Hope boy. It was not being around her, you know, to protect her. But because, you know, he wasn't around, she, you know, had a complex about that. Dude, your daughter's so fucking cool. Be around her. <laughs> I know I obviously don't know why and all the shit that happened. good but reasons I'm like, to not be around her. But I'm like, hmm, if I had the option to be around Hope or not be around Hope, I would be around Hope. She's cool as fuck and I love her. At least she, she had the influence of Haley and Marcel, so that's always good. All right, that rips. So we open our episode. She's sleepy. Landon also appears to be sleepy. But that's just a dead kind of sleepy. (laughs) Yeah, because his soul is out of his body and he is trying in great uh, Vampire Diaries universe fashion to kill himself. This emo boy. (laughs) Jesus, he is he is dead and he is writing his vampire diary to start this episode. What a king. Michael, do you want to talk about Landon Kirby for a bit? Because you are, um, you're a fan. Uh, Yeah, just briefly, like, you know, I I really think in the main podcast, we've all heard our our trio of hosts saying, that's me, or it me, about various (laughs) characters, and identifying with them very heavily and thinking they're good, cool role models. 
But, you know, I don't feel quite as represented in that show, my particular point of view. But when Landon shows up in Legacies from minute one, I'm like, okay, here we fucking go. Here, Here's the nice Jewish boy. Like, he, <laughs> here, here he is, folks. He's Landon Kirby. He's he's doing he's doing okay <laughs> and as i let morgan know he does show up in like the backdoor pilot in or- the originals for legacy so he he's there from jump baby uh michael are you ready for that i'm so excited and we when we watched the episode last night and morgan was talking to me about landon she was kind of asking michael how do you feel about the fact that a lot of fans don't really like landon because you're saying like he's so important to you but if if the fans don't agree, how do you feel? And my opinion on this is, I don't fucking care. Like, <laughs> you're nothing to me. Like you're, you can't, you can't, you can't, like you can't, you can't stop Landon. Like I don't cry out, you know, in uh, in desperation. I don't care. He's 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 here. He's great. Everyone loves him. It doesn't matter what you think. Michael, put down the knife. <laughs> I, I, I'm just very. I would feel worse about it, and it would affect me more if the show reflected this in like decentralizing Landon then I would feel more defensive of him but the show is all in on Landon so I do not feel the need to argue for him it is like kind of putting Matt Donovan as the leading man of the show though uh well I mean I mean that's the dream Matt Donovan is on legacies and he is now the mayor of Mystic Falls thank god no longer a cop that's for sure Thank God. Uh, what's up, King? How's how's mayor duties treating you? Come back to us. Oh, no. I just love something really sad. What? Which is he had the professions of our two fallen moms. Oh, God. Yeah, Matt has just become the moms. Like, he's decided. <laughs> he's followed in the footsteps of Mystic Falls' best moms. And oh. that's honestly so hot of him. I, that's, I like, the-, the coolest. Yeah. The difference between Matt Donovan and Landon is that pre-Supernatural stuff, Matt Donovan was the golden boy, and he's not afterwards, and that's like kind of the change, whereas Landon is not the golden boy pre-Magic stuff, but becomes it through the Magic stuff while still being being outside of everything in that way, but it's like... It's it's improving his life. Like, he is finding his place through the magic stuff. He is not being displaced. He belongs in the magical world where it is, like, Matt is just trying to survive his experience living in it. Matt lost his football prospects due to the magical world. <laughs> football was canceled. And Landon gained the coolest girlfriend in the universe because he's magic. Yeah. And I mean, Dope. he's definitely better than Hope's last boyfriend. Who is partially responsible for Haley's death? Oh, okay. We don't like that. We don't Landon like that. would never do that to you, Hope. <laughs> oh my God. But also, see, see, my thing is, Landon, you know, he's a Muppet baby. We love that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, Hope and Josie should do a kiss. Oh, my God. Hope and Josie. Hope and Lizzie. Uh, so many um, girls on the show should do a kiss. Well, I fully support the Hope, Josie, Landon thruple. Like, see, I, I don't think need Landon in that. That's the thing. But like they, the three of them are so dang cute. I do have to stump for that. I did bring this up to uh, someone, and they were like, "Okay, um, but like they are like small children, so who knows if <laughs> they have the like emotional bandwidth to be in a thruple?" And I was like, "Well, that's absolutely fair." I think you've referenced this on the Empire Diaries proper, but of course you did not say who the thruple was because of Jill. 
Yep. <laughs> God, Jill is not going to like Landon at all. And <laughs> I guess the thing is, I'm trying to prepare you for that, Michael. I'm trying to prepare you for what Jill is going to say to you about Landon Kirby. Jill can have no bad thoughts. That I, I will accept whatever her assessment is, and I will engage with it uh, fully and with full respect. <laughs> can we like go down the list of characters and just like uh, guess what Jill will think of each of them? Yes, pop and open the IMDb. Um, straight up from the top, uh, Hope Michelson. I think she's gonna love Hope. I think she'll like Hope. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she has to, right? Like, Hope I, – I, at first, I found Hope, like, to be – like, when I, I had not had the her introduction in the originals, like, I couldn't pin down who she was or how I felt about her. Like, she felt a little bit, like, generic fantasy protagonist. Like, I'm very chosen one and powerful, therefore must be alone. And then I got to know her, got to know the performance, like – and by episode like two or three, I was like, oh, I love her and would do anything for her mm-hmm. and we'll follow her into battle now. And also she is a very chosen one and her, her backstory is very tragic. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, fair enough. Your life is roof. Second on the list, Josie Saltzman. I feel like this is a slam dunk. I think she might fall in love with Josie. She's so sad and so gay. How can she not... Yeah. Um, Lizzie. I feel like I, I'm obsessed with Lizzie. I feel mm-hmm. like she might be really annoyed at Lizzie right up, up at the top because of how mean she is, but I think she could like that, but I don't know. Maybe she might be comparing Lizzie to like Caroline. I think that might happen too. That might could be a problem. That's fair. But I feel like Li- Lizzie ultimately kind of like really shows that she's quite different from like she's not like you know diet caroline or caroline too like she's very much her own person who is like significantly more prickly than caroline which i think is fun Mm -hmm. landon we've discussed uh (laughs) mg milton Greasley, the king he's so don't think he's a sweet king yeah um we we love we love uh raphael waith (laughs) (laughs) what's his name well, now you know. Look, a descendant of Arthur, uh, we learned this week, very, which I found very cool and very cute. I will say the show is trying with him. Yeah, I appreciate that it has not given up. We, so we've talked about this before. And what do we want to say to not? Yeah, so far I feel like they haven't fully found what works for this actor or character yet. I think there have been episodes that have worked. I really liked when his girlfriend came back, who he killed to trigger his curse, and he got to like spend that time with her. Like, I, I, I think he kind of works the best when he's very sad. And I think that's really hard because this show, even though all these kids are very sad and very tortured, is a lot more fun. I don't know if I agree with that just because I feel like he doesn't have the gravitas, I don't think, as an actor to pull off a lot of what they're trying to do, which is the key in this episode. I think it's just like, oh, no, because like I see it with the writing that they're trying with this character, but I don't know if he can pull that off. I'm like, maybe make him fun. I know I know the character has gone through so much trauma that it's like, well, that would be weird. But like. That might be the only thing that will save this character at that point, at this point. Yeah, I, I would say that Raphael's probably my least favorite just of the ensemble in Legacies, just by virtue of he's the one person I think they haven't completely nailed. Like, everyone else is is perfect, I think. Yeah. Which is astounding. Like, I, I, I when we started watching the show in season one, I was blown away by how good everyone was on, like, a base level from Jump. 
I would agree. And it, I think like on a on a worse show, he might stand out less. And I also think like this is a fair – I think he's figured out definitely enough for this point. But I, w- I would like them to do more because I, I want to see his place in yeah. this. And, and I think wolves have been really tough for them also. Yeah. I felt like really weird when he had the scene with Rick. I'm like, do they know each other? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is – what are – What's their dynamic again? Like, I, I really couldn't. I've forgotten so much. Rick was really weird this episode. He was just shouting everything. I didn't. I didn't know what was going on with him. It was. It was a weird episode for him. It was hard. I found it hard to track for him. And we can talk about that more as we get in. So yeah, um, our next character is Alaric Saltzman. What do you think Jill is going to think about Rick being the character who carries over? I mean, what's she going to think about Dad Rick? Is the real question. I feel like we're going to laugh a lot about his uh, neglect, which is, you know, maybe not the way to react to parental neglect, but I think it's what we're going to do. Mature Rick, not drinking as much. It's different because we we love that sloppy bitch. Honestly, we we know this. I do. I love that sloppy bitch. And and I, I enjoy him like trying to be a good dad. But sometimes like he says something where he's like, I think I have to learn to let go with my kids. And I'm like, I think. That is not the message you should be taking away. You've let go enough. Yeah. Um, can we talk real quick about the lack of uh, adult supervision on field day? What the fuck? Like, every has every parent who sends their kid off to the Salvatore school signed, like, the most upsetting release in the world? <laughs> because Dorian and Emma are just not there. And Emma, I love, by the way. Oh, yeah. She rules. And this is where I have to lead to uh, Karen David pop hit. Her top 10 hit in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland called It's Me You're Talking To. I'm going to put this in the, the chat. It uh, is Zoom. me you are talking to. This is from 2003, baby. I'm going to need to hop on that, checking it out. Ooh, it, it Square YouTube to. video. It's coming up square. <laughs> Here we go. Oh my gosh, look at her. <laughs> look at everybody's bootcut jeans. <laughs> oh my god, her metallic eye makeup. <laughs> um, I love this. It's like got some S Club 7 uh, vibes, like a, a Rachel-led song in S Club 7. It does. You're absolutely right. Okay, that fucking rules. Um, it probably, the song probably was originally written for Rachel Stevens. <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> So, okay, hopping back to our cast list, da, 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 da. Uh, Caleb, if she doesn't love Caleb, what are we doing here? Caleb rules. Caleb's like a little prickly at first, but like they mellow that and I love Caleb. Caleb has my favorite line of the episode, which is when he is trying to withdraw the sword from the stone, cannot get it. And he goes, oh, okay, it's in there. <laughs> yeah, Caleb fucking rules like I, Caleb is the surprise like oh my god this character is incredible you see him in the first few episodes and you're like okay are they gonna do anything with this guy and then they just realize oh he's amazing and he just kicks ass yes thanks to Caleb the best in the biz okay so then Dorian I really loved Dorian showing up in 
it, it's season eight of the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Like, I loved the idea of like Stefan having burnt down his house like during his rip. Like that, I loved because we've already seen the scene where he where Stefan does that while he's on his Klaus rampage, and yeah. I I loved that um, coming back. So I I like Dorian. I like Dorian. I yeah. He and he and Emma in general are just characters you kind of want around all the time too. You know, like yeah. Why was there no adult supervision at field days? Especially since Alaric didn't do much like on campus. No idea. Yeah, like they're clearly going. You know, it's it's an X Men thing. It's very openly an X Men thing, and like you have to have the staff. Like that's a big part of it. Like the X Men are kind of are the staff. So. Is this going to be like a uh, Vampire Diary season four thing where we're like, where are the adults? <laughs> um, yes, uh, yes. But then, um, uh, final character who's kind of like a regular before we wrap up is Jed, who's been promoted to I think to series regular this year. Yeah. Who is like the head of the Wolf Pack? I like him. He has like sweet himbo energy, especially oh, yes. in this episode. He's so good in this episode. And I actually like that, yes, it's goofy when he's like, that's what we do. And he tries to be like superhero mode, but he is actually like genuinely trying to help. Like when he makes Wade stay behind instead of running away. He's like, no, you're staying with us. I find him so earnest. And that scene in the like, and ep- like the episode in season two when he proposes to Emma, like he, th- that actor was so game and so wonderful. But he really like jumped in to seriously profess his love to her. I found that to be incredibly endearing. So yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Jed rules. <laughs> Let Jed be the alpha again, because in case you forgot, Raph is the the alpha. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so th- that's our quick character rundown. So basically we established that people are sleepy and that Landon is trying to kill himself. The necromancer stops him. Before he can say always and forever, because like, d- don't you dare. <laughs> I, I know. I was going to be like, how did you feel about him trying to say always and forever? I was like, do you even know what that fucking means, bro? <laughs> You're not allowed. They didn't even play the theme. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that is not your catchphrase. <laughs> so then we have another, like, Rick does the announcements at school, um, which... Uh, just another deeply uncomfortable scene where he explains to the kids why they've been in so much awful lethal danger. <laughs> <laughs> Again... Where's Emma? She should be giving the speech and not Rick at all. Probably be better at it. I I do love like I mean not to talk about the popular book series created by the turf, but this does feel like the a successor to Harry Potter in a lot of very positive ways, and that it is you know magic high school like as much as it is x-men it also feels very like hogwartsy and it feels very dumbledorey to be like yeah oops on that thing that killed a bunch of people um but going right along um we guess we're gonna be doing this this year he tells them all to stand united come on i do like the quarantine vibes of rick going like guys it's been a tough couple days months years whatever whenever we get back on air anyway <laughs> Yeah, uh, can relate. What a time, folks. So we announce field day because it's it's decided that these kids need to run around in the grass and MG is running it and he's so cute. He's got a little clipboard and he's just like ready to be in charge, which is very Caroline Forbes of him. And we love it. He's a cute little nerd. Then Chad is in the going into the necromancer's crypt to grab his headphones, which he forgot, which... um. Very relatable. <laughs> can we can we talk about the necromancer? 
We can't. I'm. I'm getting the feeling that you're about to say you don't like the necromancer. I find that necromancer. They need to nip him in the bud at this uh, end of season two. He feels very much like a supernatural character who's outstayed their welcome. And they're doing the bit where like they they know he's too much, but like eventually when they're too much, you gotta get rid of them. I I like the necromancer. I I have found his returns are beginning to diminish for me, but I do like the vibe of him. I really like. I really like him and Chad together. Well, R.I.P. Chad. I'm so that was very sad to see Chad go, and now I'm like necromancer with no Chad. Don't know if I want this, but I really liked a lot of the necromancer. And I know that I know that they all. It's it seems like like it's everyone obvious. like <laughs> love the character behind the scenes, like who's making the show right now. So I feel like we he's gonna be around to stay so i'm trying to like stoke up all the enthusiasm i have for him because he doesn't seem like he's going anywhere well this is why as someone who's watched um 15 seasons of supernatural i can see it when they fall in love with the character so much that they just keep staying and staying but then they die after they have their gay declaration so i get to cheer <laughs> wow are you calling him the castiel of he's, like- not. He's, he's the crowley of uh the show but i just wanted to get, like, shit on castiel because god i hate that character so much but he's angel he's an angel misha collins of all of them doing uh those voices misha collins voice on supernatural is the most egregious i think actually what voice are you talking about <laughs> i like the necromancer he i i obviously this is something where I feel I should defer to you both on like, you know, he's going to be really annoying in 10 episodes. <laughs> I can definitely see that being the case and feel it. But so, you know, he's about every line he winds up and is just going to be like, I'm going to deliver the big line. And then he does. And then every time I'm like, you know what? I liked it. And then <laughs> and then I forgive it and we move on. And I'm like, I'm still vibing. I'm still good with the necromancer. Uh, obviously, I agree. Yeah, this is not sustainable in the long run, but I think he's okay as the season two big bad. And if they wrap up season two and wrap him up, I think that's perfectly good. Yeah, I I, I gotta say that I, I largely agree, but I, I see where you're coming from. Cause like it like I, I feel like his current comedy batting average is like at at like a point seven, you know, like he could he could be, which is good for a baseball batting average, because uh, those are usually uh, much lower than that. Um, sports, but uh, maybe not great for a comedy batting average. <laughs> I also do just like it goes a long way for me that the makeup looks so good. Like he looks awesome, yeah. it, and it never. And I'm always staring at it, just looking for like how what angle can I view this from that makes it look less good, and it always just kicks ass. Well, if we keep sticking around for as we get later into seasons, it's not going to look that good. So they got to <laughs> cut it out when they can. Uh, well, I figure if they were to do that, it would get to a point where they're just like, oh, he's human for some reason now. Uh. I mean, that's what we were doing with a lot of the vampire stuff. <laughs> I want to see some horny eyes, you guys. I- we have not seen horny eyes in a long time, and I do miss them. Oh, yeah. They don't really do that, do they? Like, not MG a is showing off his power as a vampire in this episode, and he doesn't do horny eyes. Like, come on. Actually, maybe he did. We don't, we don't know the final product, but it doesn't seem like that he did. Fair. There could be VFX that we didn't see because we watched some kind of early cuts. Yeah. But uh, so Chad goes into the crypt and is there just in time to see the Lady of the Lake pop out covered in a bunch of gunk, which she sheds. And anyone who knows King Arthur shit or read Meg Cabot's Avalon High uh, knows that she is, you know, in charge of Excalibur and all that shit. Fun. How did you, uh, Latoya? Do you have like King Arthur feelings, or does that matter to you? 
I don't really have King Arthur feelings. Like I'm aware of the story and I enjoy stories with it, but I don't really have feelings. <laughs> Neither do I. I've never been a big like Arthurian nerd. I'm very excited to ask Jill about this because I feel like she'll have an opinion. Yeah. I feel like Jill has to have a wild King Arthur opinion based on everything that I know about her. She must have one. Mm-hmm. Um, the last King Arthur thing I interacted with was the Charlie Hunnam movie, which is absolutely fucking wild. And the end just is like a video game cutscene climax with Jude Law as like the silly cgi villain so treat yourself to that if you like bad things i think you're forgetting uh, the kid who would be king i am forgetting the kid who would be king which is absolutely adorable um what why is that director's name is it joe cornish yes yeah um it's so cute if you like if you need to watch things with children like if you're a parent or a niece or a babysitter (laughs) uh, it off very weird uh it could have gone very wrong i'm like if you're like looking for things that are like safe to watch with kids that are fun uh the kid who would be king is like an absolute delight and is really cute Uh, uh, quick uh, Lady of the Lake thoughts from me. Uh, I'm a big Hellboy fan. Uh, the comics specifically are so good. And uh, the uh, at some point, there's a big arc where Hellboy is fighting Nimue. She's like the main villain for a long for a while. And uh, that's what they adapted in that latest movie that I actually still haven't seen. So Mia Jovovich is playing this character in that latest Hellboy movie. Uh, which is cool because he fights witches sometimes. And, uh, and I'm sorry, and Morgan hasn't seen this movie. I know, right? <laughs> I, you haven't let Morgan see this movie? I've suggested it once or twice, but I also know, like, I had not seen Hellboy 2 colon The Golden Army yet for a long time. So I was like, if I'm going to watch a Hellboy movie, I'm watching the one that I haven't seen that Guillermo del Toro made. Uh, <laughs> but now that I have seen that and it fucking ripped, I am ready to see a reportedly worse Hellboy movie. And spoilers for the Hellboy comic, but this is something that I was thinking of during this episode, which is very cool, is that for the entire series of Hellboy in the comics for like 10 years, it's always like his dad was like a Duke of Hell or some kind of, you know, high up Hell guy. And there's a throne waiting for Hellboy in Hell if he accepts his like destiny to rule. And then this other storyline comes up and it's revealed concurrently that through his mother, he is descended from King Arthur and he is also the King of England. And uh, and it is cool. Oh, no. would you recommend the BPRD comics to people who like legacies? Uh, the BPRD comics are so insanely good. Yes, uh, this is all. This is an entirely separate point, but the entire like Hellboy run of comics, maybe the last few years, I think it actually finally got less consistent. But if you like comics, uh, Hellboy going into the BPRD spinoff is like fifteen years of just incredible serialized cool stuff. It it rules. It's better than any Marvel DC superhero stuff that was going on at the same time. I, I can. Almost guarantee that. What a nerd. Um, so then... Uh, I just saw something on IMDb that made me kind of upset. Because I'm like, is this racism? <laughs> which, which is that Raph and MG have the same stand-in. Are they the same height? They don't, don't seem to be. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Raph is tall. He seems tall to me, at least. Does his... As, so Yeah, it seems like Raph's much taller than MG. So maybe he stands on a box? Um, yeah, I don't the know. Summer old summer Oh, yeah, yeah, the- <laughs> we surprisingly have not made too many jokes about that. Like sometimes we're like, "What? What is this height situation happening?" <laughs> but like, we haven't made a lot of the, the, the box jokes. But maybe we should make more. I also feel like he. 
I maybe maybe I'm being overly charitable here, but I feel like a lot of the time he's okay being shorter than other people. Or do you think do you disagree with that? You feel I like disagree he, with that. <laughs> okay. Then maybe I'm just like I just know he's shorter and I never whenever he's the same height as someone, I'm like, well, he's the same height as Nina, true. which he is definitely not. <laughs> Nina's taller than him? Yeah. Dang. Nina, come on the pod. Oh well, uh, well, yeah, Nina always come on the pod. <laughs> Nina, you are five seven, <laughs> and again, every time I check the heights, it's always like Ian Summerholder five ten. Bitch, you lying! <laughs> Aw, that's cute. That's a cute face. And I know, I know. It also it used to say Ian Summerholder five eight, which is also a lie. Uh, people, stop lying about your height. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and five I say ten, that to guys. <laughs> five ten. Come on. Um, so we we go to field day. Lizzie is regressing back into her mean girl persona, which again is very quarantine of her. Like, are we a 17 step approach, apparently? Uh, the binder. I was like, okay, you are your mother's daughter. Like, that does rule. Uh, I have I have missed Lizzie so much. Uh, Landon's refusing to become alive again, which is relatable, and he is doing this because of deals. Because you know, if there's one thing this series will never abandon, it's deals, baby. So you're saying that Landon wants the D because of D? Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> Rick's angry for reasons I cannot discern, but I mean. He's so he's angry at the necromancer. He's like, I'm gonna go fuck him up. And the necromancer shows up, but also like, his daughter just like went really evil, and his like surrogate daughter is refusing to become alive because her boyfriend's dead. So, which I was, I will say, I was kind of like, hope you're better than this. Like the 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 idea of not seeing that kind of hope psyche. I was like, hope, like you're not gonna just be in a coma because of like a land and thirst coma. Like, come like, on, baby. That honestly is kind of uncharitable to Landon if you want people to like Landon <laughs> people are uh, like oh great now she's refusing to wake up because of this bitch boy like no, I don't I, think Landon's a bitch boy but people think Landon's a bitch boy I, I just no, I totally agree is what I want to say and yeah. that like no I, I was waiting the whole episode for the twist on that that it was mm-hmm. like no it was like or he comes back and then she doesn't wake up and it's like oh yeah. no it's something else and then when she, no it's like I don't like Landon because you know, he brings the girl back to life. I like Landon because they're like, maybe he'll bring the girl back to life. And they're like, oh, okay. It's, she's interested in some, she has more stuff going on, but that's okay. <laughs> we like you, Landon. But I guess it just was him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like that's kind of how that ends up. Um, we... Maybe if it was just like an episode in season two, it'd be less egregious. Because, but, but now this is like how we're opening season three. Like it makes me really mad. It, it does feel weird and it does feel kind of not, the show and not the way they've always portrayed hope as this kind of like larger than life hero who is like incredibly strong and forces herself into this kind of like loner mentality all of the time for her to have to rely on Landon to be alive feels weird. I mean, I guess it's, let's see, a way to defend it is that basically it's kind of um, the show's way of proving that, you know, she needs Landon in a way because Landon, you know, worries that like he, she doesn't need him because she is such like a fucking badass because she is she is the Buffy Summers and you know if if we've learned anything from the Buffy Riley relationship, what can happen when uh, your badass girlfriend doesn't need you? So like they're they're throwing him a bone that way so he doesn't go full Riley. I do appreciate like I, I do think I, I'm a big supporter of the Landon and Hope relationship. I thought you were gonna say I'm a big supporter of Riley. <laughs> 
Oh God, no, he's not. <laughs> um, how dare you say that to me? Put those words in my mouth. Michael, um, how do you feel about Riley Finn? Oh my God, I, I terrible, terrible, uh, <laughs> awful, awful character. I, I hate him uh, so much as a person. Uh, which is not even me saying it's a bad character because it's like if if he was a really bad character, I wouldn't care as much. Cool. Uh, I'll ask you some angel thoughts later. <laughs> Please do. So yeah, no, I, I really like it because I, I like the idea of him trying to be worthy of her like and because i mean this episode with it's all of its ideas about worthiness and about self-worth and about wanting to make the big sacrifice play and how that's the only thing that makes you a worthwhile person and then challenging that idea i think is really cool and i i do think this is a show that has as much healthier wishes for these kids. Mm-hmm. Like I think it, it's like these kids shouldn't be trying to kill themselves all the time, mm-hmm. which is was never the message of the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> and um, and I love the Vampire Diaries. Um, but we but we but, know what the message of the Vampire Diaries is. It's like good to kill yourself, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it fits the you know the respective times of the shows. You know, it's 2010. You kids, you have it so good. Maybe you should die for something. <laughs> Versus now, it's like kids, please just. It's like it's gonna be. A, it might not be that bad. Maybe <laughs> next, and just stick around a little. Yeah, it's complex because, as we say, like hope is like so powerful. And the thing is, but as far as a Michelson goes, she has the most normal life of, that any Michelson has had. So part of it is like you want her to have more than Landon, just because like she is more than Landon. She is. She is like the biggest like badass bitch there is. Yeah, but she's also it's a like hybrid. Let her be a normal girl also. Yeah, and she it, it feels like like Landon is this connection to humanity and to normalcy. But also I I I cannot deny and this is like canonically true, Landon makes hope happy. Landon makes hope seem like the teenage girl she is and that's really nice like I I just want that for her I want something like something simple simple not in a bad way simple in more of like a like a pure like easy way and I also like I don't know I think maybe I uh, have a special place in my heart for Landon clearly because he reminds me of uh, someone but I (laughs) fucking who (laughs) (laughs) but i like i i just think i find their connection and the ways they struggle to remain together and struggle to preserve their relationship in light of everything that's going on like very honest and very sweet and i i i can't help but appreciate it like i i hear what people say when they criticize it but like i don't know they're they're doing their best let these two kids have this they don't have a lot else yeah but also hope and josie could do a smooch oh my god yeah no i'm not against that i'm very pro that <laughs> that's gonna be like the poll where it's like should well let's see honestly so joe won't know with the names it's like who should do a smooch hope and landon or hope and josie and I think that, uh, that that's good enough that Jill won't be spoiled if we do that poll. Yeah, my list of things to ask Jill, it's, do you have things to say about Arthur, like like King Arthur stuff? Do you have things to say about knights? Do you have things to say about field day? <laughs> you, you know Jill probably has a weird field day story. What? We honestly ask her too, like, so the show is called Legacies. So you would think you would know what the show is, because I'm like, I should, but I guess that would lead her to know that it's legacies of that but also like i feel like you can figure out legacies about some children yeah 
But uh, but you know, but it's, but it's you know, it's also about it's, yeah. It's, it's also it's, it's better than asking. What do you think Rick and Caroline's children are like? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rick and Caroline and Joe's children. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's not yes. erase Joe. Never um, erase Joe. Never stand for Joe erasure. Joe, Joe, come back, Joe. <laughs> Joe, come on the pod. Um, Joe, Joe innocent. Uh, Michael, how do you feel about Joe? R.I.P. Oh, Joe's great. Joe, Joe rules. Like uh, you know, any season six element from TVD is is good. Especially, yeah, Joe and Kyle. Like that's it's so good. Like you're watching that season, and we'll talk about this, of course. But you're watching that season and thinking, like, uh, did you just say Kai for the first time on our podcast? <laughs> I think, I, I, yeah, that's the first time you could say Kai. Oh my. We can say Kai now, you guys. I am blushing. I'm so happy. You guys, I've been hiding it for a really long time, but I'm going to get so feral in season six. It's not going to be. I mean, real. they know who you were talking about. <laughs> they all know. I am worried. I Like, I'm going to be so extra about it that Jill is going to, like, try to defy me and, like, come in opposition. And I'm going to be very sad. <laughs> I am actually worried if you, like, won't try to be anti Kai. Oh, I'm worried I'm going to, like, scare her by being so <laughs> pro-Kai that she's going to be like, calm down, Morgan. Uh, <laughs> now on, you know how we feel when you talk about Tyler. Based on past trends, I don't think that's how Jill would react to you being feral about something. <sighs> okay, fair. And, uh, you know, I also can't wait to talk about Enzo. Uh, again, I've come around on Enzo. Now I can finally say his name because I'm like, I'm com- I've come around to your side of things with Enzo because I'm just like, I miss that himbo. <laughs> Truly a himbo king. I I love I fucking love Enzo. I'm so excited for him to show up. He's so stupid. He's I'm so excited for all his terrible plans. Oh, just absolutely the worst. It, it, the, the idea that it's that like it's like you've met Damon, but it could be worse. And that's <laughs> Enzo. Like he could be worse at plans. You know how Damon wanted to get revenge on Stefan and it was bad? No, amplify that. And that's Enzo. He's so stupid, uh, but I love him, and I just I I love him and Bonnie so much. I I really feel like they become this kind of like these people that have constantly been chosen second, third, fourth by everyone in our series, and they become the two people who decide to choose each other first. And both of them are not used to that in a partner, and it absolutely destroys me. All of their very emotional scenes in season eight make me weep, so I cannot wait to get into talking about them once we do. Such uh, a fucking himbo. You know what? Bonnie, I mean, Bonnie seems to like himbos, but like this is when finally works. Yeah, like it's a nice, sweet himbo for her. And his uh, head to muscle ratio is normal. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so we uh, we pick teams at field day. Uh, Alyssa and Lizzie have a bitch off, which is fun. It's fun until Lizzie is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. So, like, I, I, which I appreciate because it's the idea that, like, we joke about Lizzie being like, yeah, I'm going to use my mean girl powers again, even though I don't like it. And it's like, no, this is, like, a genuinely, like, detrimental thing to her and to the people around her. Like, when she chooses to be like this, like, it's really harmful. And she told Rick this, and Rick did not care. Jesus, yeah. Um, They are just all airing their trauma in front of everyone on field day. <laughs> uh, 
God. Yeah. What are um what are like, you know, out of school class like days for, but airing trauma? MG's like, this is my event. You would have this argument at field day. Come on. <laughs> after all I've done for you guys. I do wish the show was more like the Real Housewives and he would get furious for them ruining his event. Morgan Who said. is uh the prostitution whore of uh legacies? Alyssa? I mean, they're constantly, like, slut-shaming her. Yeah, Lizzie would pro- fully prostitution whore her. <laughs> oh, my God. So we we decide to play tug-of-war. It doesn't go well because Josie, uh, even though she tells Lizzie a million times she can't do magic, Lizzie doesn't listen because she's very hard-headed. And they end up losing tug-of-war, and poor Josie falls in the mud and is the cutest little mud monster I've ever seen in my life. Like, and Alyssa makes a sick Malivor crack about it, though. Yeah, sick burn. Um, but I could not get over her little, her little frowny face. Her little frowny face is so dang cute. And she's just covered in goop, and I adore her. But field day is not going to plan. Maybe because there's no adult to be in charge. Really, like, it, even just, like, someone to heal stuff if people get hurt, which, like, at a field day, be very normal for people to get hurt. Like, yeah, they should get, like, a nurse character, like, a magic nurse character. Maybe that, maybe that's too Harry Potter or something, but I feel like that's what should be happening here. It does feel like there should be a school nurse, yeah. <laughs> Landon and Raphael, uh, we cut to them doing a pros and cons list about Landon's death wish, which did absolutely destroy me. I feel like maybe Raph has watched uh, The Vampire Diaries and the originals. <laughs> so he's just like, so here's what I've watched over multiple hours. And I also listened to The Empire Diaries. <laughs> Raph, the character, come on the pod. Tell us what you think about Maybe that Vampire will help Diaries. us with Raph if we just like believe that he's like a big ampy. <laughs> okay, ampy king, Raph. Um, but yeah, he basically tells Landon. Only ampies can pull the sword from the stone. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. I do believe that. <laughs> Only those true of heart. <laughs> and horny to their core can pull the sword from the stone. But Raph does say, like, doing the big heroic thing never works. Like, you always, like, make this big sacrifice and just end up having sacrificed everything. And then another evil thing happens. Like, this does not need Again, to be your sticking point. Has he watched the Vampire Diaries? Because that's what it sounds like. Truly a boy with a good head on his shoulders. Raph, do you know Elena Gilbert? Like, are you guys friends? He's her best friend. He's her best friend. Look, she needed a new werewolf best friend after Damon killed the first one. Oh, Jill, Jill, Jill. Um, so... Jill, will Jill rage quit? Because here's the thing. She's not going to believe like it's going to take. Like she's not going to believe it's legit at first. And we have to, we're going to have to tell her that it's legit. Yeah. Cause she's going to be like, he'll come, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll come back. Like he'll come back from the other side. Like she's going to do that. And we're going to have to, yeah. We, we have to tell her like, no, <laughs> right. We can't let her live a lie and have false hope. Right. I, Michael, what do you think? Uh, I, you gotta yeah, once if once it happens, you gotta tell her it's for good. I do I, I agree with that. But 
Yeah, you can't warn her. He just has to, you know, hit her like a freight train. It's, you know, it's going to happen. Or maybe we don't tell her. That way she can, like, have hope during the episode just in general. Because if she, if there's no hope at all, she's not going to be happy watching the rest of the show, I don't think. But, but, but then if it never pays off, I feel like she'll ultimately be really mad. I mean, she'll see him on the other side with Vicky. With, they have peace. and Because with Vicky, why are we doing this? <laughs> oh. Could we have not gotten the actress who played Liv at least back? Because that, that's what it seems like. Yeah, it's also it's like ultimately like a show about family, so everyone's like with family. And well, Ampies, tell us what you think. <laughs> they have not gotten Carol back. That actually, they just yeah, they should have gotten Carol. <laughs> that that that's the thing. That, that's now I'm actually really confused about that. I mean, you know, like it, let's maybe it's who had availability because yeah. you know we got John Gilbert back, which I was happy about. <laughs> <laughs> we know Joe won't be. Chill's gonna be furious. <laughs> never warm to him. Never will. Um, so back to, back to legacies. Back to the good part. <laughs> uh, we reveal that the sword that Wade's been playing with is literally Excalibur. <laughs> the pan to him LARPing by himself with the sword and the punching back. I love him. He is a sweet, sweet boy. <laughs> He's like flailing with the sword. Very good. Very good boy. Okay, because there are no adults to be like, Wade, why do you have a sword? Truly no one to take a sword away from this child. <laughs> a sword that ultimately is Excalibur. So the Lady of the Lake shows up and is like, hey, I need to take the sword back to Avalon. So gimme, because there's a monster coming. This is where I write, oh, Lord, he coming. Green Knight, slow boy. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but this is actually the best part of the episode because they're all like, fuck no we've been through this a million times and they're just like so bored by her what is your fucking deal i i loved josie saying okay boomer to the lady of the lake and wade being like i don't know if we should give it to her <laughs> uh our kids they've they've been here before they they've been around the block well some of them because the rest of them eventually run away <laughs> the cowards at the school I mean, look, that's self-preservation. They're children. They're all traumatized again. Where is Emma? (laughs) Only a regular may pull the sword from the stone. (laughs) Oh, my God. So then uh, the sword is put in the stone, and it may only be taken out by someone who's worthy. I'm geeking the fuck out because that's some nerd shit. Pedro shows up. He says he did not like finger painting with children. He wants to be, you know, risking his life. (laughs) Pedro wants the d (laughs) at least initially and then he realizes he does not want the d and eventually runs away which good for you pedro you go pedro he's a smart guy (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love i love pedro so much but also that kid is aging (laughs) he is yes But we love him. So then this is when Jed tries to attack the Green Knight, who's a clomping very slowly to the sword, because the closer he gets to it, the slower he moves, which is cute. Which is a good spell. Yeah. It's a usual spell. spell they should probably all learn. Yes. Um, and uh the Green Knight absolutely fucking wrecks his shit. But his his sweet himbo heart, it, you know, he's he's done his duty. He's shown us that he's a worthy boy, in my I, eyes, at least. Also, if we're talking thruples, let's get a Jed, Alyssa, MG thruple, because she still wants to fuck both of them. Yes. 
Uh, MG's crush on Lizzie continues to break my heart. I'm like, honey, move on. It's it's not. I'm not really into them as a couple. I, I it's not that I don't believe that he has a crush on her or that she could eventually like like him because he's like a little a dang little cutie. But um, I think it's wrong. I'm like, don't do this. Just, yeah, just be. Friends, I I say as like the Stefan Caroline shipper, but here I'm like just be friends. Yeah, like I I just feel like I feel like they have such a great friendship. But I mean, you know, great friendships can't lead to great romantic relationships. Yes, also as an Angel Cordelia shipper, I say this. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but um, I have written in my notes in big letters: let these teens die. <laughs> <laughs> Once Pedro's gone, now you can let these kids die. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick is like Rick basically. Oh said, yeah, Rick's here still in the episode, I guess. He's stopped screaming to say that he thinks that Hope is taking kind of like an avoidance nap, like he she doesn't want to wake up with Landon like out of the picture. And I'm like, that is again very relatable. I do also take avoidance naps, but they're usually like work avoidance or stress avoidance or opening mail avoidance naps. <laughs> Then back at field day, uh, as we are watching the big guy clomp, 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 Lizzie calls Josie, un- like, says she's like the most unworthy of all of us. What and the fuck? I like screamed out loud. I was so fucking upset. <laughs> I appreciated that Alyssa's like, Josie is actually the more, more, more worthy one. But then she also is like, that way she can die at the hand of the Green Knight. But like, she said really nice things about Josie, but she's still fucking pissed at her. And then she she proceeds to say that shit about her sister and then shit all over Alyssa's dead parents. And they're just like, okay. Everyone's just like, we're allowing this, I guess. Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. I, I love, I love Lizzie. I think she fucking rules. But uh, she's got to get a handle on her toxic traits. <laughs> uh, the Gemini Coven... <laughs> Their whole thing's fucked up. <laughs> Deeply wrong, in my opinion. Why can't both be normal? Yeah. Um, it's well, I don't know why you'd say that the Gemini Coven is bad. I can't think of a single hot psychopath it's produced. <laughs> well, from the Gemini Coven we know, we have, uh, of course, Joe and Kai. Hot psychopath guy. Hot, hot, hot. <laughs> we have um, Liv and the the gay one. I don't remember his name. Luke, baby. Luke. And Luke's thing was that he was gay and boring. Liv's thing was that she was a cool girl. Mm-hmm. But like Luke's thing was that he was like weak and clearly going to lose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good times. But then they were like, no, he's actually way stronger. And I was like, no, 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 that. No, he's, no, he's not. This, he is gay and dying. <laughs> <laughs> They really tried it with, like, no, Luke could be strong. All right, <laughs> Luke. I, Luke fights Kai that time. I was like, oh, that's fun. That's cute. <laughs> oh, I do love when uh, Kai gets Luke's feelings and he yeah, yeah. Like, cries. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> uh, Kai, top tier. What a king. Miss you, baby. <laughs> what, uh, a, so- what a season. <laughs> Truly, what a season. So then this is where Caleb says my favorite line, where he is, tr- where they're all trying to get the sword out of the stone, and he's trying to yank it out, and he's like, oh yeah, it's in there, and I have a big heart drawn here. Then they all decide to hold back the Green Knight with the tug-of-war rope, which the image of all of them 
tangling him up in ropes and pulling him back is so Looney Tunes and cute. I wanted to die. Did you guys have thoughts? It, it was it was adorable. You got MG doing vampire stuff on it, but no horny eyes from what we could see. And also, show us more blood drinking to remind us, vampires. You gotta, like, differentiate the factions a little more so we can, like, remember. At least Jed, like, he got his little yellow eyes when he did his, his stuff. I have seen no blood Capri Sun in so long, and I miss them. And so long. <laughs> um, I have written, I love my kids in all caps. Um, Raph shows up, and he's worthy, and that was really sweet, and I love that for him. That made me smile so much. Um, Which- Hope is still in a coma. <laughs> Hope is still in a coma because so Raph's like, well, this isn't working. Let me show you Hope because no one told him what was going on with Hope. It's like, oh yeah, she's coma because you dead. So you fix this. But also, I uh, love the Lady of the Lake's like, oh yeah, to be worthy, you have to be royal from like King Arthur. She said that at the last minute and Lizzie's like, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell us that before? Yeah, the Lady of the Lake is not very helpful with her directions. And they, they do finally kill the Green Knight or like, you know, Roth does by stabbing him with Excalibur, which does rule. But I appreciate that this episode is all about them like being like, okay, fuck you. Like royal blood's not the only thing that makes any of us worthy. Like, all of us are worthy because of, you know, who we are as people and mm-hmm. because we're brave and because we care about each other and, and want to do the right Palpatine's thing. because Palpatine's our grandpa. Yeah, and they're all the yeah, they're all Palpatine's grandchildren. That's another thing I love <laughs> about Legacy. <laughs> I'm just like imagining Palpatine like in an ugly Christmas sweater, like in a Christmas photo with like all of the cast of Legacies. <laughs> Gram- grandpa Sheev. Oh my god, yeah, and they're all a force dyad, which I also love. Um, but yeah, MG, you know, gives that speech about, like, how we're all heroes, we don't need hope and everything, and then, of course, that's when the lady of the lake was like, well, no, you're, you're fucked, basically. But also, so, Raph is apparently related to King Arthur, so are we saying that King Arthur's black, or are we saying the usual Vampire Diaries thing, which is slavery? Uh, I- I would like to say that we're saying that King Arthur is black, because that makes me feel better. <laughs> But I I know what is likely the truth. <laughs> so we we kill the Green Knight, but Hope's still in her coma. MG puts up a little poster that says teamwork is magical in his room. And I said, teamwork is magical. MG, you little uh, boomer. Uh, we decide that Josie's going to go hang out with Caroline in Europe. I have written, come here, please, in my notes. <laughs> I... When is Caroline going to be on Legacies? Do we do we feel like it has to happen? Candace, um, p- please? Can- Candace, please? <laughs> and again, if if we're not getting Caroline, again, just bring Joe back from the dead. Give us more Jodie Lynn O'Keefe. She rules. Let her and Alaric get, be, have their happy ending, finally. God damn. God, did I absolutely lose my shit when they interacted in that season one episode. I just was unwell they have such good chemistry i mean i lost my shit in season seven of vampire diaries which like she was back but she wasn't back and it's like oh no it's not joe and i still like lost my shit because i miss joe so much like alaric yes we we are very alaric in that we miss joe (laughs) i also share the uh actor's opinions on lots of things (laughs) 
Good God. I hate you. Um, so this is where Rick is like, I have to learn to let go. And I'm like, you have let go of your kids enough, sir. <laughs> like the amount of times that Rick is not is being a dad to Hope when he could be being a dad to his kids, which to be fair, Hope's dad is gone. It is very kind of him to step in and do paternal things. Mm-hmm. For yeah. her, because uh, she deserves to have her dad that. and her mom are gone. But you save a little for your daughters. <laughs> like I really don't. That was all of season one. Like I thought we we've been through this. Like be there for your daughters, Rick. Like you are barely a good principal, um, and you are really not a good dad. And I think you need to just work on it a little bit. He should just bring Joe back from the dead. <laughs> Just do it. Are there repercussions? No. Not on this show. Yeah, I'm worried that like legacies could fall into the space of wrapping up every episode with just alternately either between Rick and the twins or Hope or between the twins and each other just like I I need to be closer in your life or I need to let you live your own life and just going back and forth to just kind of like sum up the episode as will happen with like a st- what I swear is a string of six episodes that ends with Damon going, I'll be with you. I won't be with you. I'll be with you. I won't be with you. Oh, uh, Vampire Diary season four, you mean? I'm bad. I'm bad for you, Elena. <laughs> the amount of times Michael and I would say that to each other when we were doing our first Vampire Diaries uh, watch through was, um, it was, it was in the high numbers. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a good guy. <laughs> Good God. So then on Legacies, the show that we're talking exclusively about on this episode, uh, we have a little Alyssa and Chad scene where I have written in my notebook, Alyssa and Chad OTP. Are you okay? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chad said he's going to go back to the ice cream store and become Mr. Manager uh, and then dies immediately. (laughs) A sad end for Chad. He pukes as he dies which has me writing another death puke in my notebook because remember in season one where the mean girl at mystic falls high just puked herself to death do you guys recall that well that's the best thing ever because it shows her she starts like puking the black gross puke of supernatural badness and then it cuts to commercial and then it comes back and everyone's like well she puked her whole skeleton out as we all saw (laughs) That Jesus. made me laugh so fucking hard. I thought that was one of the funniest things they've ever done. <laughs> I absolutely adored it. That You're all a freak, these, Morgan Lewis. Kids are just standing around this corpse that's empty. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what do we do about this? Yeah, like, her, her body's just a sack now. <laughs> She's just a sack. I love when supernatural shows get really gross, and this is like appropriately gross. Which well, that's why you love Carpe Noctum. It is. I love when stuff's gross, and I also like. I love like Ken Marino, uh, Bug Man. I love. I love when Buffy and Angel are really gross. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, but basically, Alyssa goes to the Necromancer, and it seems like they're gonna be cahooting because uh, you know, she was brought back to life by him, and I think her life was tied to Chad. And now Chad's dead. So the necromancer's like, you work for me now. <laughs> Hope wakes up because Landon's around. Because he smooshed her. He gave her a true love's kiss. I thought that was They end up making out. Rav interrupts them. And then. Then he's a little dorky boy. This 
This was like the best Rav moment we've ever seen. Boy corner, boy corner. Legacy's a ditch. He just snatched the microphone away from Morgan, by the way. He just I gracefully pivoted. As is my right as a boy, boy corner. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to do these legacy boy corners or not. I don't know what we're going to do. But uh, let's start off with uh, a quick one for this season premiere. You might think all this Landon talk I've been doing, he he gets the girl, he saves her with his kiss. I'll be like, and then he's like making out with her. And I've already said he's like my guy that I'd be like, uh, Landon and have like a perennial uh, champion of the boy corner. Uh, no, because uh, what is more boy than making out with your hot girlfriend is interrupting your friend who is making out <laughs> with his girlfriend to show him your fucking sword. Uh, <laughs> so Raph is the boy of the corner of the premiere of uh, Legacies. Also, you know, he probably wouldn't have gotten this many other times in the series. So happy to give it to Raph at the start in anticipation of him maybe not getting it that much, but lots of good boys. <laughs> Lots of good boys on Legacy, so stay tuned. Boy Corner, Boy Corner, Boy Corner. Ending, Boy Corner. The goofy little face he makes when he shows off the sword to Landon melted my heart. (laughs) And this is why I say, give Raph more comedy, even though it might not make sense for his character because of all the tragedy, but that part, that worked. You're right. That is, maybe we just need lighter stuff from him because he was, he was cute. Am I remembering that he was cute in the Christmas episode when he, when I, he was all hopped up on Christmas cheer? I feel like that yeah, might have been a good Because that's the thing. These, these characters hopped up on some kind of magical thing and then the fun, the fun never stops. So yeah, I just keep, keep magically drugging this child, I guess. We solved it. Uh, Everything's heightened. But everything is heightened. And and that's basically like our episode. Do we want to talk about kind of like wish lists for this season or anything like that? I just, you know, no, I'm excited for hope. We're not in season three really, really yet. So I, I don't want to really go into it too much. I don't know where it was going to go because I don't even know how season two was ended. Fair enough. But I don't know. I thought so- solid premiere. We're back. I, we got to see our friends again. Our friends got to play with Excalibur. Like, what else can you want? Uh, Chad wanted us to get a Pegasus, but nope, no dice. Poor Chad. R.I.P. Chad. Uh, a true a true bro. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope this season, I'm, I'm excited to see how Hope's like feeling, how she's doing now that she's out of her land and thirst coma. I'm excited for, for Josie Demption. And more than anything, I want Jade to come back and to kiss Josie on the mouth. Jade, who is played by Georgia Wiggum, who was very notably in season two of The Punisher, showed up last season as a vampire who had fire chemistry with Josie already, and she has canonically had sex with Kai Parker, so she is therefore my queen. She's therefore the Gemini Coven bicycle, apparently. (laughs) If I have anything to say about it, she will be. (laughs) Um, I adore that actress so i just i want her back on the show so i hope that they bring her back because i feel like they will right she's i mean i'm sure that back. was the plan i don't know if they've confirmed that she's coming back but i'm sure they, they wanted to i think probably we'll see her in whatever is left of the season two episodes right well thingies crossed and then uh do we want to do crushes Ooh, crushes i didn't think about crushes actually <laughs> nah <laughs> Um, my crush is uh, Muddy Josie. I want to give her a little hug. <laughs> I'm going to say um, heroic but failure Jed, actually. Michael? 
bitchy Lizzie. I, you know, I got, yeah. I, I'm okay with that. I'll, yeah, she's, uh, she's, I like Lizzie a lot. <laughs> Dork. And uh, no rankings because no Jill. Um, oh, Jill. Just will... give her a list of names, rank them. Rank them. Uh, we will insert here uh, Jill's corner, which we will record a little bit later because we have been having a lot of technical difficulties over here in Empire Diaries land. But Jill's corner will go here. Theme song pending. Jill. Jill's corner. Ayo, Ampies, it's Latoya. Before we get right into what Jill has to say about this episode of Legacies, I'm just going to let you know that we did not get a chance to ask her the questions we planned to ask her. So she's just kind of winging it on her own, which means that she kind of, I guess, spoiled herself as to what Legacies is about. But you know what? It's fun. Enjoy some Jill. Hi folks, Jill here to do the intro to LaToya and Morgan's coverage of the new season of Legacies. Um, I, for obvious reasons, will not be joining them in the discussion. Um, honestly, I don't even know what season I'm supposed to be talking about right now. Let me look that up really quick. Okay, so it looks like season two was last year. So this is season three of Legacies. Uh, the first episode, the premiere, is called We're Not Worthy. When a medieval monster arrives with a challenge, the students are left scrambling to guess which one of them may be a worthy opponent. Okay. So, Legacies is about a bunch of students, I'm assuming. Uh, the medieval monster part sounds sick. Does that mean, like... See, when I when I hear medieval monster, I think jousting, and I think the pirates from the first Pirates of the Caribbean when they're cursed and they can like turn into skeletons. That's what I'm picturing. So I'm picturing a bunch of students, like gossip girl students, jousting the pirates from the Pirates of the Caribbean. That would be a great season premiere, in my opinion. But that's just me. <laughs> I'm probably completely off, but I guess I'll find out. Uh once we get there. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the show, and here's LaToya and Morgan. Jill, thanks so much for that corner, babe. <laughs> Jill, we love that corner. Can't get enough of that corner, Jill. Jill's done it again. Jill, that is so true. So, Jill. That's so Jill. It's the corner that she has. That's so Jill. Her opinions, yeah. Yep, that's Jill. <laughs> so now it is time for p -p 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 plugs. You can find me on whatever social media platform you could be interested in following me at at Lorgan Mudich. Um, please listen to our normal episodes of Vampire Diaries and also Angel on Top, which oh, yeah. I am the new co-host of with one Latoya Ferguson. Latoya, that's me. You can find me on Twitter at LaFergs. And yeah, listen to The Empire Diaries and also Angel on Top. These are our podcasts that we have together. One of them has Jill. One does not because Jill's never seen Angel. Although I told her some stuff and maybe uh, maybe she'll get into it faster. Wait, what, what was the stuff you told her to get her into it? Uh, these are secrets because uh, we uh, are we're talking about some things that we're going to reveal to you on the pod if we, I can get Jill to watch Angel. Wow, we're keeping secrets from me now? 
they're they're being kept from you specifically because uh from what i from what i recall the conversation was to the extent of uh latoya is going to be so mad if this is what actually gets me to watch angel <laughs> yep, yep, yep 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 also um oh, if you no. really like uh, if you liked this episode of legacies and you want to hear us keep covering it please subscribe to our patreon which you'll be able to find i'm sure like as the pinned tweet on our twitter and uh there will be links for that um there are two dollar five dollar and ten dollar tiers um if you want to have legacies coverage you will have to be in the five or ten dollar tier thing of giving uh we are still working out the kinks for our patreon so it's going to be a work in progress but we would like you to join us for this fun journey and especially for season three of legacies because Legacies is back and I love it. Michael, where can they find you? I'm Michael Chasen, C H A S I N, on Twitter and uh, yeah, on, on some of these uh, podcasts you've just heard mentioned, uh, the the Empire Diaries mainly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, subscribe to all the stuff. We're there. They've been working uh, really hard, you guys. Every everyone behind the scenes, it's been really cool to see our hosties doing so good to make the amp uh, the ampies good. So uh, subscribe to them and give them your love. Aw, buddy. <laughs> and that's it for, uh, you know, Legacies this week. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Do you want to sing the theme song to- out? Of course. Let's talk about Legacies. Let's talk about new TV. Let's talk about all the spoilers we can say in front of Jill D. Let's talk Legacies. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Come on.